Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Intentional Icing. I'm Kaylee, here with Alex, who is your co-host. He will be calling in in a moment here. And we are back and ready to talk hockey. Sorry about the brief hiatus last week. We tried to get a little program together, but everything we came up with kind of ended up being political, which was not going to be fun for anyone. But we are back and ready to talk hockey again. Alex, you there? I am here. All right. Can you hear me? Um, so first, I just want to get this off my chest. Oh, my goodness, what just happened to the Penguins? I, like it was I, I do not know. That was, a, that was a murder, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I, I, my I Apple TV know. turned it off for me, and, like, probably that was, like, a mercy killing. Oh, my gosh, I'm in shock. (laughs) Uh, Oh, man, it was, um, look, not not the finest moment, uh, (laughs) but, uh, you know, it's just just one game in a long season, part of the bigger picture, you know? Yeah. I would love it if we would stop putting Tom Cicito in the lineup over actually talented players like Kunakle. But I am not the coach, so I guess that's not my job here. I mean, you know, one of the things you have to consider, too, I mean, I, it, you see a lot of this in the NHL. And, you know, I know a lot of this happened last year when with the whole failed Don Sweeney, Zach Ronaldo thing in Boston. But, they're, you know, they're trying to add toughness and physicality. And, you know, and, that's, and, and the East is just – the East is really better than – I think a lot of people anticipated, and so I think people just they want to get some they want to get some bigger guys, establish something, and maybe they can uh, get some garbage goals. I totally understand that against teams like the Capitals, like we did tonight. But on the other hand, when we need to be like actually a skilled team, and he's still in the lineup, beyond me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's. It's it's kind of up to the discretion of the coach. I mean, you know, you, you, some of these there are some teams that are you know that are faster that they they like they prefer speed and skill, you know, like Calgary and Anaheim and stuff like that. But I mean, I, I think it just depends on the matchup, really. And it's up to I think I think the Penguins like being physical. I think they pride themselves on that. So yeah, it's definitely. I don't know what I don't want to say it's like a different identity than they've had before, especially with like Cook and you know guys like that who are willing to make those big hits and get in the corners and do those dirty plays. But under Sullivan, I think we've definitely gotten more of a balance of that physicality and actually scoring. And tonight it was like looking back to when Johnson was coaching to the end of Bilesma, it was like too many dumb penalties were regressing. It was, I don't know. Again, I'm, I'm still in shock. <laughs> well, <laughs> oh gosh. Well, I mean, it's. I mean, it's well, not in be shock. Really, it's irritating. <laughs> it'll be. It's going to be a really, really competitive Metro division, right? I, I think. Um, yeah. I think you know. I, obviously, New York, Washington, Pittsburgh. Those are, you know, the top teams, but. You know, I, I feel like you can get a lot more. I feel like some teams are underperforming. You know, uh, it's it's not um, it's not really as 
as as top heavy as people think. I, I like New Jersey. I like Columbus too. Um, and I'm really, you know, I'm really surprised at how poorly the Islanders have played. But I think that's, I think, I think we should have seen the writing on the wall when they let uh, Oposo walk in favor of Andrew Ladd. I wasn't really a big fan of that. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, you know, it, it, they they could still conceivably make a make a comeback and. You know, and then there's then there's the Flyers, and they're kind of a they're kind of a wild card. You know, you don't know how they got some nice young kids, and they got you know some nice veterans, but it hasn't all come together. So, yeah, and kind of to go along with that, um, Matt Mowry from the Winged Octopus blog asked us who were four of our teams that we saw flying under the radar, and. I don't know about your choices. You kind of went into it, but two of mine are from the Metro. I picked the CBJ and the Devils. So you kind of went into that. What's I, impressing you so much about them? I, I like those picks a lot. I mean, um, you know, it, it's a shame that Taylor Hall went down with injury for the Devils. I think he was finding a uh, nice niche there. But, I mean, I like I like Pavel Zaka. He's good. You know, Mike Camilleri found his scoring touch. Um, I think I think that's a really fun team to watch. Schneider is a top notch goalie once again. Um one of my one of my uh under the radar teams despite all the uh all the injuries, the Winnipeg Jets are just terrific right now. I don't know I mean Patrick Line is, is clearly legit, but I mean the amount of injuries that this team has, has suffered, I mean, you know, you, you look at uh, Drew Stafford, uh, Brian Little, um, uh, Sean Mathias, Matthew Perot. I mean Kyle Connor. It, it's just it's it's unbelievable. And, and and Tyler Myers was out for some time, and Trouba had that contract situation, but they keep playing really well. I mean Shifley's been good. Um, you know Brandon Tanev has stepped up this year. Um, I, I think it's I, I think the Jets are really. Uh, are really surprising people. And Connor Hellebuck is might be the the best underrated goal, like one of the most underrated goalkeepers in, in hockey, in my opinion. He's playing, he's playing great. And this this kid is, I think you know, we hear a lot about the we hear a lot about some of the other young keepers like uh like um, Martin Jones, you know, Matt Murray, but uh, deservedly so. But uh, Hellebuck is he can he can play. Yeah, I totally agree. And, like, there was so much confusion with them in the off season, um, like with the goalie thing with Pavlik and, um, as you kind of said, the whole Truba ordeal. So, you know, it's kind of nice to see that they can pull through that adversity, I guess. They're second in the Central right now. And, like, after last season, you would not have thought that. And Line is definitely a huge part of that. And I don't know. It's kind of nice to see things falling back into place for them, as with yeah, most of the it, Canadian teams, actually. Yeah, I mean, yeah, most of these Canadian teams are playing well, with the exception of, uh, you know, right now it's been rough sailing for uh, Vancouver, but um, mm-hmm. they've kind of they've kind of taken a nosedive since our last podcast. But um, I mean, other than the end, obviously the Johnny Gaudreau injury hurts Calgary, but. Uh, we'll talk more about that later, but you know, I think in general Canadian hockey is is really, really improving, and I think it's going to be well, some fun times in Winnipeg and uh, and Edmonton going into uh, getting into January and February. We're going to see some uh, some fun hockey. And Ottawa, they're second in the Atlantic right now, 
And so that's really good for them. That's kind of a resurgence. Um, Anderson has been awesome in that despite all of his personal problems with his wife being diagnosed with cancer. And obviously that's not a thing you ever want to see someone go through, but despite having that on his mind, you know, he has played amazingly and the team in front of him has really helped out too. Oh yeah. I mean, they're playing, they're playing really, they're playing pretty solid defense to support um, Anderson. And then on top of that, you have guys that are stepping up this year, like Ryan Dezingle has, five or six goals, I don't know off the top of my head, but that's for a fourth, third-line guy, that's a, that's a fast start this year, and he didn't really do much last season. So, you know, you, you could, of course, they still have high-power guys, Mike Hoffman, Mark Stone, but um, Broussard, but it's, it's, uh, it's, it's either getting this production from guys like Zingo, guys like Tom Pyatt, and, you know, it's – it's really impressive. I think uh, I'm not sure how long they hold on to this, but they're playing great defense. And what, why not? Yeah, you know, why not? Uh, why not believe in them? I mean, they've allowed 37 goals. That's that's uh, of the of the three of the top three teams in the Atlantic. That's the best. So, and that's with Montreal and Carey Price being dominant. So, mm-hmm. you have to uh, you have to give them some credit. So I don't know how much you've paid attention to them. I haven't that much, but what do you think about the Broussard's Zibanejad trade in the off season? Is that paying off for both teams, one more than the other, do you think? I think, I think well, I mean, Zibanejad has been really, really good in New York. I think he fits there really well, and so it was a shrewd move on uh, the Rangers' part, but uh, Broussard is, is still very effective. He's not really taking the, uh, the high-octane scoring role that we thought, but you know he he's still a really effective uh, two-way center, so I, I think um, I think it's worked out pretty well for both teams. I, I think um, if I had to give an edge, I would say uh, it would work out better for New York, just because just salary-wise and production-wise so far. But it's not to say that Broussard has struggled in any way. I think he's been good. Yeah, I totally agree with that. As a manager. Playing with oh my gosh I should know this Buknevich Buknevich the new little Russian kid yeah and um, Kreider as well I think Mm -hmm. I need to pay more attention to the Rangers especially with how good they are this season but (laughs) that line has really combined well and yeah I totally agree he's made a great impact there for them oh yeah definitely Uh, yeah and, and it's Sometimes you know you gotta. Sometimes those those trades can just shake up a team, and then it you know, whether even if they're for pretty similar caliber players, it could can motivate people to get going. And it's always nice when you see both teams and both players kind of get a new. I don't know a new look at the game. Better, it works out good for everyone. Like that's kind of what we saw with the Hagelin trade last year. Um, that definitely worked out well for us. I mean, it's, it's nice when you, know, you can see that. Getting the, I mean, especially the Rangers. I think they they needed. I, I they've been always sort of been. You can view them as a really physical big team, but now you know now as the manager, he brings a lot of speed, and they still have Zuccarello, and and uh, you know I, I think I think the speed is a bigger bigger factor in New York now. I think it, I think it it's kind of changing the dynamic, and that's making scoring more more prevalent. 
Africa. So have we covered all four of your teams? I know you said CBJ, the Devils, Winnipeg. Uh, Winnipeg Are we on the same page with Ottawa as well, or did you pick someone else? I, I, yeah, I like Ottawa. Um, and, I, you know, under the radar still, I think you have to – you just have to keep Nashville in the back of your head. I know they're. I know they're not technically in the playoff um, picture right now, but they're still so explosive, and I think they can easily get a run going. I mean, Tech Arena has been really, really solid. Um, they just haven't. I think they. I think they could use um, an extra winger, maybe a third line guy, um, or or maybe a third line center too. But you know, I think I think Nashville could easily jump back in the conversation and they could be a sleeper. Yeah, James Neal has had goals, six goals in his past five games. And so when you get a guy like that, a pure goal scorer leading the charge, it's only a matter of time until the rest of the team follows suit. I definitely agree with you there. Yeah, but I mean, in general, I, I think those those four first four that we mentioned were probably the most... Uh, underrated teams in the NHL, I think, you know, they're playing just terrific hockey. Well, Matt, I hope that answers your question. I'm sorry we couldn't get your Red Wings in there, but um, (laughs) they're not exactly underrated because there's nothing good about them right now. So try back in a couple more weeks and we'll see what we can do. I think, I think there'll be uh so they, we can't. We can only call them underrated uh, if they once they miss the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Okay. <laughs> so last off season, there was a whole big brouhaha about Stamkos to the Red Wings. Obviously, that did not happen. Um, his whole kind of past year was a mix of his injury and the trade and stuff, and. Now he's hurt again. What does that mean for the Bolts, do you think? Are they sick of dealing with his injuries? Can they step up the way they have been with him in the past? I mean, it, I, 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 think, I think they can definitely find production from some of these younger guys. I mean, I, I, Braden Point is really he's a good young kid. I think he's going to step up. I think, uh, I think Tyler Johnson will break through. Uh, even more than he has, and even you know, getting someone like maybe Nemestikov up onto the third line, um, maybe even getting Cedric Paquette some time in there. He can, he's still, he's a veteran. He can, he can aid this. I think, I think they'll be fine in the short term, but you know, when th- this cap crunch is gonna is gonna affect Tampa at some point. I, I, I you know, uh, it, they've done a, a really good job managing it so far. But they have all these young, talented, speedy, offensive players that will get paid at some point. So they they need to they need to make sure that Stamkos is in is in top health for the future. I, do I think this year it's going to hurt them all that much? It might. I mean, probably not that much. But I think in the future, you know, because you're at risk of losing some of these guys like Nemestikov. Um, you know, like a uh, like a Nikita Nesterov on defense, perhaps. You know, but uh, even even you know someone like uh, you know I, I guess and then you can any other of their young prospects. But um, I, I don't know. I think. I, what do you think? I don't know. I mean, I think it will depend on the length 
that he length of time that he's out because it's his knee again, it's the lateral meniscus, and I haven't seen that they've determined whether or not it's something they can just go in and fix up real quick or if it's going to be long term like it was in the past. So I think more if it's long term, I mean they can step up. It's still early in the season, but you've also got to start wondering like again with those cap issues if they're going to want to. I don't know, make some moves to try and get a more established substitute to kind of bulk up the lineup while he's gone. But again, yeah, and, that yeah, would just depend I, on I, how I serious mean, it is. Yeah, I I mean, I know with the uh, – I, I, think, I think after – I think I read somewhere that it was, you know, after the surgery it, it would be at least four weeks. Um but uh, that, you know, you obviously can't have surgery until uh, swelling subsides. And so it, it could be, it probably will be longer than that. Um, and then, uh, but I mean, I th- one of the things going back to the cap situation, you know, there's been all this talk with, with the new Vegas expansion team coming in um, that, you know, they won't be able to hang on to a guy like Ben Bishop in an expansion draft. And, you know, so it's one of these things too, where that's just, that's good. That's going to add. To, I think Tampa could be one of the most poached teams in that draft. Um, they could lose some serious talent there if they're not if they're not careful. And so maybe maybe they do try and you know cut their losses with a with a veteran or something. I, you know, it, it, they could deal someone like Pocket. They you know they could deal like a like a Jason Garrison, but um, it's it just to save money. But it's going to be a really tough cap crunch for the Lightning in these uh, these next few years. Yeah, definitely. I'm personally disappointed. I'm going to be in Tampa a week from now at the game, and I was so excited to see Stamkos play in person. Of course, this happens um, right now. I mean, that's very selfish hey, yeah. to say, but I was so excited. <laughs> Well, hey, I mean, um, you know, you still get to see some incredible players. So it's not maybe you can uh, wave that stamp goes up in the press box or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully he's got his binoculars. Otherwise, I don't think he'll see me. <laughs> so, um, unfortunately for the teams, he is not the only one out right now. Taylor Hall, it was announced today, um, had knee surgery. He's expected to be out three to four weeks. And like we said, with how good the Devils are right now and how big of a part he has been in that success, that definitely hurts them. I don't think they're as deep as other teams, like the Bolts, for example. Like having him out even for that long could seriously hurt them. Definitely. I I mean, he really – I think he – once that trade occurred, I think he was on a mission to to prove something out there. And he's been – he's played really, really well. It just sort of, you know – Justifying the uh, the move on the devil side, at least. I mean, uh, Larson's been solid defensively in uh, in Edmonton, but I think uh, that they're Edmonton's pretty much getting their scoring elsewhere. But um, but I mean, you know, and on the defensive side, the Devils has been effective enough. They sort of have a patchwork defense, but it's it's working. Yeah, obviously, they Andy Green is is really effective, but you know, then you got guys like Kyle Quincy, Ben Lovejoy. John Moore, but you know it, it's uh, 
I think I think they're not nearly as deep, but they might be able to hang into it. I I think they've gotten some good play from a uh, young kid, Nick Lappin, so he may be able to fill in. And uh, and hey, I know he's a I know he's a right wing guy, but they can they can use Kalinin or something on the left wing. And uh, I, I I think I think it will affect them a little bit. Um, but if, if Corey Schneider keeps playing well, it's a uh, it's it's going to be a fun season for the Devils. He, he's a I think he's a early Vezina candidate. Not not necessarily the the, the winner, but I mean because we had a lot of great goalie starts here. But he's he's a candidate. I really I I like him a lot, and he is really helping this Devils team. For sure, I think he's also we talked about under the radar teams, but he's definitely one of the under the radar goalies out there. Like even though he made Team USA for uh, the World Cup, like he barely got a shot. And I saw him play at one of their practices, like in training camp before that, and he looked good. It's just I think. People forget about him because he's in New Jersey, and people forget about New Jersey. Absolutely. Like, I, 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 I forget about New Jersey. I didn't recognize half the names you just said there. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, it's uh, – I think I think they still have some uh, some good talent around him. But, you know, Schneider's not – you know, he's not really a um, – he's a pretty he's a pretty conservative goal. He's not, he's not like a – He's not sort of he's not sort of fiery or electric or anything. He's not he's not like aggressive in any way. He just he just gets the job done. And I, I think um, I'm sure Vancouver would, would uh, love to have him right now. But uh, <laughs> he uh, I, yeah I, I think he I think people forget about him. He sort of, there'll be a time his time will come soon. I think he's uh, he's right on the cusp of being one of the top goalies in the game. Yeah, he definitely deserves more recognition than he's getting. So, one more big injury. Johnny Gaudreau out in Calgary. Broken finger, out four to six weeks minimum. It's the same old song here, but how much do you think that's going to hurt Calgary? Because they haven't exactly been great this season. That that is is, is hard to express how – how important Johnny Gaudreau is to the Calgary Flames. I mean, he is—he is the biggest. He just—he just creates offense out of nowhere. He—he's—you know—he he makes the whole operation tick. I mean, Monahan is good, but Gaudreau is just incredible. And I—I I don't see this team scoring a great deal. I mean, they're going to lean on guys like. Troy Brower, and they're going to lean on Sam Bennett for scoring. But um, you know, Bennett has gone off to a, kind of a slow start, and and Brower's he can't do it alone. So it's it's uh it'll be a it'll be a rough uh, rough couple of weeks in Calgary, that's for sure. And I, this you know the defense isn't exactly helping uh, Brian Elliott at all in Calgary either. But it's going to hurt. It really will hurt. Now, this, again, kind of, I feel like I'm sounding like a broken record throughout this entire injury little section here, but there's been a lot of trade rumors about Dougie Hamilton. Do you see them shipping him out at all to get, like, a more offensively talented defenseman or, like, a good scoring forward 
not necessarily because Goodrow is hurt, but to kind of supplement the team that they have. Would that be a move that you see them making? I, I could see them trading Dougie Hamilton in the right deal. I think they, you know, they did give up three high picks from the, uh, to the Bruins for Hamilton. I think they'd want to recoup some of that if they were going for picks. If they're going for a player, perhaps they could get some sort of situation along the lines of, a, of the Larson Hall swap, but I don't think to that same extent. So they could, they could get a, you know, I mean, you know, one of the one of the guys that would have, you know, made sense, but that doesn't obviously doesn't now be someone like a Yakupov, but that doesn't make any sense now. Um, but you know, I think I think one of the things they they really could use um, someone for their third line, um, and I think if they were able to get a top prospect and an effective third line center or wing, they they could probably they could probably recoup what they gave up for Hamilton. But I it's it's sorta of hard to you hate to sell low in this market and I think Hamilton is sorta of starting to, you know, fall out of favor. Yeah. I I mean there's definitely a lot of Hamilton to Pittsburgh rumors, which I'm not sure it's entirely practical, but I would definitely be willing to like make that trade just to see how he fits in. Cause Schultz has definitely had kind of like, <clears throat> excuse me, a rejuvenation with our team. And, you know, Holy Mata is not doing great right now. I don't know um, which side each of them shoot on, if that would even make sense. Calgary was down for a defenseman swap. I would do it. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 you know, there, it could be, it could work. It's just the, the the thing that Pittsburgh has to consider is money, and you know, that that yeah. that contract extension that Hamilton signed in Calgary looms large here, and you know, right. I know, I know, Calgary doesn't want to pay that. Um, so that's going to be a big factor in uh, in any trade that happens, and there may have to be someone that uh, that earns some mo- earns a lot more money in that deal. Um, Maybe someone like Nick Benino, but you know it, it, that's just purely speculation. But um, someone who earns you know, earns enough money to kind of offset some of these these costs, and I think they they could want someone like a Carl Hagelin. But you know, it, it's no. I, I'm not sure. If it's one, no, I'm they not can't sure have him. Of, <laughs> <laughs> I, it, hey, I mean, you know, that's it, it's, again, that's you have to draw the line if you're Pittsburgh. Where what makes sense and what doesn't, and Hagelin. Hamilton does not make any sense, but that could be the uh, the asking price for uh, for Calgary in a situation like that. Okay, well, I'm not a fan of it, but you're right. I don't see that actually making sense. So, whatever works. Yeah. But yeah, I always forget. I don't know. I should know by now. I always forget that the cap is a thing. And I don't know how I do that, but I'm always like, this would be a great trade. And then someone's like, but the money. And I'm like, oh yeah. Yeah. Duh. I guess I'm just the bearer. I guess I'm just the bearer of bad news. But I mean, <laughs> you know, it, it's uh, I, that's one of the things that makes our our sport so great is that you know you don't have the. It's not like baseball. I mean, I, don't get me wrong, I love baseball, but it's not a you know you get in baseball you can just you spend and spend and spend without consequence and 
in hockey, you have to be, you have to be creative. You have to, you know, it, and it, it, it encourages parity throughout, throughout the NHL. And I, I think it's really good for the league and it's good for these small market teams. I mean, it's good for, good for something like Tampa. I mean, we talked about, we talked about their cap concerns, but I mean, you know, if, if some of these big market, you know, original six guys had all this money, not a cap, it, it would just not be hockey wouldn't make any sense in Tampa. And, and now it just makes, it just makes the sport a lot better. And I know it's, I know it's good. It's like, Oh, numbers, but you know, it, it's, I, I like it. And I, I sweat that stuff. So. <laughs> no, you're totally right about like what it does for the sport. I just need to like write a note on my hand. That's like, remember the cap. <laughs> and then I don't say like, stupid things. Like, oh, this trade's perfect. No, look at my hand. Remember the cap. <laughs> well, I'll never be a GM. That much is for sure. Well, that's all right. We got we got this going for us. <laughs> <laughs> and so kind of speaking of the cap, there was news today that there was kind of some more discussions going toward the Olympics. And... So that's kind of about the players going to the 2018 Olympics in South Korea. The league doesn't necessarily want them to do that. I mean, it's it's uh, it's kind of always one of these things too with international comp- not in in every sport too, but you know, it, it's a lot of it's 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 high risk for the players because it's you know they're not making they're not really doing this for money they're doing it for pride of country and and they could risk getting hurt i mean you, you've seen you've seen some, we had some injuries in the uh world cup of hockey but um i i you know it's it's one of those things but as a fan you know you, you really want to see these guys play and i think and i think it you know it would it's gonna it's gonna be a really interesting development because if uh you know, if if the if we can if the success of the World Cup continues and and this battle rages on, you know, over the Olympics, it could it could be sort of a reverse of what happened in 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 basketball, where for the longest time the Olympics it was uh, only amateur based, and then then all the pro athletes came in and just changed the game. It, it could be the exact opposite for hockey and just and change Olympic hockey forever. I mean, it could it really could just and it could it also would stand to benefit um, players in the KHL and um, in Scandinavia who could who, who wouldn't be subjected to those same rules. So it, it, it would it would hurt American hockey for sure and, and Canadian hockey as well. Yeah, and the main subject that came out of their talks today between the NHL and the IIHF was that the NHL said it will send players as long as the NHL Players Association extends the current collective bargaining agreement for three more years. So that's kind of an interesting thing. It kind of looks like they're trying to stave off the mockout that everyone is predicting is going to come up soon. But then at the same yeah. time, it's interesting it's, that they've tied that into Olympic participation as kind of a condition. Yeah, it kind of, it kind of seems that they're... Um... They're calling the uh, players' association bluff in this situation. I mean, you know, it's uh, it's sort of it's, it's, it's this waiting game is stressful, and I think that that also 
affects the NHL a great deal too because if that condition is they don't because I think their hot their priority is the NHL and not the Olympics and so you know it's uh it's I don't I'm not sure it's going to be a, a an interesting couple of years for sure yeah but then you get guys like Ovechkin who's never been shy about everything Russian in his life and he's said that he will go play for the Russian national team anyway. And so maybe that's a little bit of political pressure from Putin. Maybe that's just he wants to do it. But then I think that's also kind of something that the NHL and the NHLPA will have to consider. Like Russian players are going to be facing that political pressure to go play. And, you know, that's not anything in a CBA. That's, something that they have to deal with on their own. Oh, absolutely. It just, I mean, I think it kind of adds an interesting extra dimension into what they're trying to bargain for here. Absolutely. I, you know, it, it, it's kind of a, it's a funny dynamic with um, Russian players in the NHL. You know, you, you mentioned the political pressure and there's also, they also seem to, there's also the KHL is attractive because they're the, Really, the only competitive foreign league that com- yeah, that competes with the U.S. sports system, I think they can they can offer a great deal of money um, to bring players back when and they actually of, pay. Right, and a lot of uh, a lot of players feel compelled to go back. I mean, you know, the Datsuk, but um, it's one. But uh, and you know, there's been there's been talk uh, for a lot of players that they 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 want when they retire from the NHL, they want to go back to the KHL. And even even players just passing up the opportunity at the NHL, like Alex Koklachev, who was prospect for the Bruins, was a uh, top-rated prospect, but was a restricted free agent this year and decided to go to play for uh, play for Moscow. So just uh, it's just uh, it's, it's, it's interesting. I think um, I think that'll be a big factor uh, in this in the coming years. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out, for sure, especially with both sides kind of pushing back and forth on this new condition and then seeing what the IIHF steps in and says. So that will definitely be something to keep an eye on over the next few months here. Absolutely. All right, well, I think that's it for us tonight. Do you have anything else you'd like to add? Uh, Make sure to check out Total Sports Live. Um, we moved to the uh, the Sports Daily, so uh, read our articles there. We'll have lots of content on all sports, not just hockey, but be sure to keep an eye out for lots of hockey articles from uh, Kaylee and I. All right. Thank you for listening, everyone. Have a great night. And the end, I guess. Bye. Take care.